0: Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 to 1938. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, give us insight to your word. Give us revelation knowledge. Lord, help us to adjust our brains to what you're telling the church of God today for this hour and this time in our responsibility for us to to carry your message to a world out there. And we just want to tell the body of Christ, we love you. We thank God that we're in it. We're a family, and we're growing in stature and measure with the words of God. We thank you, Lord, for the joy, the laughter. Thank you for the zeal of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your purchase price. You have redeemed us, Lord, as your own special people. We rejoice, and we give you praise and thanksgiving, and we bless the church of God. Be it unto them. We plead the blood of Jesus that they will be healed established, and fed, and and in good purposes, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, our 365 Bible reading for today, January the 8th, here goes, Genesis 18, starting with verse 16, then the men got up from their meal, and looked out towards Sodom, as they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I had promised. Wow. Wow. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families and the church to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sins is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The Lord wants to know. Hmm. The other man turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. The other man turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you sweep it away and not spare it for the sake? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that, should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abraham preserved, pressed his request further, Suppose there are only forty. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the forty. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, Since I have dare to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Then Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. "'My lords,' he said, "'come to my home to wash your feet and be my guest for the night.' You may then get up early in, in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied, we'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted, so at last they went home with him. You know, it's amazing, Lot insisted on what is right. And a lot of times we're dealing with people and we know what's right and we need that extra of the Holy Spirit of strength and courage to help them do what is right. I can think of a lot of things, you know, situations, you know, get up, get a chair, get up, give somebody a chair, get up, give somebody a cup of coffee to make them feel at ease. To, you know, because people are not good to themselves. But Lot sisters so at last they went home with him Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread, made without yeast, and egg. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged towards Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house, so they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot, Do you have any other relatives here in this city? They asked. Get them out of this place, your son-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else, for we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great it has reached the Lord." "'and he has sent us to destroy it.' "'So Lot rushed out to tell his daughters' fiancés, "'Quick, get out of the city. "'The Lord is about to destroy it.' "'But the young man thought he was only joking. "'At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. "'Hurry,' they said to Lot. "'Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. "'Get out right now, "'or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city.' It's interesting that uh, it, there would have been, uh, uh, if, the, um, if the young men would have went with them, there would have been two, four, six, and, and eight again in the number. They all would have went out like Noah. But there was only uh, five of them. Oh, no, uh, six of them with the two angels. Or they don't count. Okay. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hands and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city. For the Lord was merciful when they were safely out of the city. One of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, Logbeck, you have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster will catch up to me there, and I will soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can... Do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why the village was known as Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people of every bit of vegetation And all of the vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was falling behind and she turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the city of the plain. Afterwards, Lot left Zor because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters, after all. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, "'There are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else, and our father will soon be too old to have children.' "'Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have sex with him. "'That way we will preserve our family line through our father.' "'So that night they got him drunk with wine, "'and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. "'He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. "'The next morning the older daughter said to her younger sister, "'I had sex with our father last night. "'Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight, "'and you go in and have sex with him.' That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine again, and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. He became the ancestor of the nation known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Ben Ammi. He became the ancestors of the nation known as the Ammonites. Interesting story. Um, I wanted to say the uh, about the alcohol, the drinking, that um, it was a it was a common thing for them to know that the daughter that the dad would lose uh, consciousness and he would have blackouts. They wouldn't, they, because he didn't remember a thing the day after, uh, he had a blackout. He didn't know what was going on. Um, I just wanted to point that out, that alcohol, alcoholism was probably, uh, a normal thing back there to have blackouts. Let's go ahead and read the commentary, see what it says. In this pitiful story, two women are completely compelled to preserve the family line. They were driven not by lust, but by desperation. They feared they would never marry. Lost tendencies to compromise and refusal to act reaches peak. He should have found right partners for his daughters long before this. Men from Abraham's household weren't far away. Instead, the two daughters stooped to incense. We are most likely to sin when we are desperate, feeling that we must have something. What situation are you seeking to change? What are you lacking that you need feels need to be added to your life? Are you willing to trust God to work for your good? Do you believe that he does? Are you willing to be changed in the process? Amen. Well, let's read a little more about that on the Recovery Bible, on the uh, commentary, see what it has to say about this situation. Abraham found himself in such a situation. The Lord had told Abraham that he intended to destroy the people of Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. Since Abraham's nephew Lot lived among the people of the city, Abraham was concerned of their welfare. So Abraham approached God and said, will you wipe away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for the for their sake? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city of their sake, for their sake. The bargaining went on, and suppose there are only 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. Finally, God said, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. Abraham wasn't sure what he could do in the situation he faced. He wasn't even sure what was right in the situation. He talked it over with God, reasoning it out, trying to do whatever he could. When we don't know how much of a change we can or even should make, we can start by talking it over with God. Then we can try to do as much as we feel confident in doing. Interesting thing, when I was reading that for the first time, I saw I saw the compassion and the love Abraham had for his nephew Lot. You know, he was taking a great um, risk of asking the Creator. You know, to that, and he knew Lot's heart. He knew that Lot was. What did it say? That Abraham's children are going to be just and fair. Is that what the? I know it was the word of fair, just. And when I read that, it said to me that we're made in the image of God, and the it's a great illustration of what how God is. He is just and fair. And that's what Abraham's descendants were. That's what the covenant was for. That's what the church um, stood for. You know, not to get with daunted with problems and so forth and, and don't exercise fairness. Amen. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on. See if there's any more on this commentary that we have here other than We all face difficult situations that involves the people we love. In some of these situations, the wise course of action may not be clear. We may feel a heavy burden to act, but to have no idea what to do. And that is more happening, right? Let's go ahead and read a little more of the commentary on this one. It says... Since Abraham was childless, he named the name meaning his altar father it must have been a source of embarrassment to him. Okay, I read that already. Uh, okay, we read that one. These are commentaries for the Recovery Bible. Hebrews thirteen two urges the practice of hospitality, since some have entertained angels without realizing. Good point. Abraham's treatment of the tree strangers, three strangers. Here may have been the background for this verse in Hebrews. Surely this is an example to be followed as we progress in recovery. One of our goals is to help others discover the new way of life that we have found. What better way than to be hostile towards others? Again, the, the skill of compassion, of compassion, of acting on common sense. You know, I see uh, outward compassion. And then the angels grabbing hold of their hands and pulling them out. Many people often wonder why God chose one man and his family out of all the others. Was this fair? These verses show us that God had an important purpose for choosing this one family. God picked Abraham so Abraham could teach his descendants God's ways. For through his ancestral line, would come Jesus the Messiah, a source of blessing for all the nations of the earth. God never planned to bless one only one family. God chose one family to bring blessings and a means of recovery to us all. Beautiful, beautiful way of saying that, huh? Amen. And the other interesting point that that's why speech and what we say proves an important part as i read the bible i see that the prophecies are done centuries earlier and people are repeating them in the synagogue repeating them repeat them and then they came to pass uh, if you notice that anna the prophetess and simeon and then they repeated the promises of the coming king and then jesus was born so that's one of the reasons we have to abstain from saying things like it kills me speaking derogatory speech and that's being just and right when we speak clearly. I just, Amen. Often we urge to pray for others who have problems and difficulties. In these verses, we see Abraham entreating God on behalf of Lot and his family. He is deeply concerned for their welfare and intercedes for them as he speaks with God. This is similar to what we are asked to do in the 12th step of the recovery process. We are to reach out and help others who are in need. Prayer is a powerful means for doing that. And let's go ahead and stop right there and pray for all the people that we are working with, our sons, maybe our sons and daughters that are strange, or family members. Let's just go ahead and think about them, and let's just run them through our minds. And we're going to say the... uh, the 23rd Psalm prayer for them. We say, the Lord is the shepherd of these people, these members. They shall not want. So why don't you go ahead and get your Bible and turn to Psalm 23, and whatever version you have, let's just pray it out. Lord, we thank you for so-and-so. Lord, you are the shepherd of my son, Anthony. You are the shepherd of the people of Sean, Patrick, and the Alex and Alan and the people I'm working with, Lord. You are their shepherd of my son, Fernando, and Nicole, my daughter, Nicole. You are their shepherd. They shall not want, Lord. And the grandchildren, you are their shepherd. You're the shepherd of all our brothers and sisters, all our family members. Amen. The Lord is the shepherd of all these people. They have all that need. they need. He lets them rest in Green Meadows. He leaves them beside peaceful streams. He renews their strength. He guides them along right path, bringing honor to His name. Even though they walk through this dark valley, they will not be afraid, for you, Lord, are close beside them. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort them. You prepare a feast for them in the presence of their enemies. You honor them by anointing their head with oil. Their cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue them all the days of their life. And they will live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. That's one of the ways we pray for others. When someone's having an issue, we just start bombarding heaven with this prayer. It works for them and it works for us. And notice right here where he says, They will not be afraid for you are close beside them while working through this world and all the problems of this world. It says, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And that says to me that when I was out there, it was his two-by-four that hit me over the head and the back and and got me back into the 12-step program because God wanted to work with me. You know what? why it comforted me and why I felt protected? Because I could see that there was a, a great love that was after me. That gave me comfort. So that gave me that I was not a bastard, that I wasn't a family, and that, that God wanted me in his fold, and he was going to get me one way or another. He got my attention by, you know, just circumstance evidence, you know, getting tickets, you know, situations, and being in dangerous places in darkness. I always say there's acid uh, guns and rifles and 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 um, viruses and diseases falling out of the sky when you're not in a 12-step program. When you when we are in the 12-step program, we're in the kingdom of God. We are protected. Any type of 12-step program that you, you come, where two or three are gathered in His name, I will be there with them. And the covering is so powerful, so strong the covering, you go to work and you feel that love, that joy, because you're in service, you're doing things for others. You feel like nothing can harm you, that nothing is because God has touched your soul, and you're carrying on with the purpose. When you don't feel it, that's when faith kicks in. When you're not feeling, the, you, that's when your actions prove that you have faith. That's when we go through the motions, you know, we go through the meetings, we go through the prayers. And we go through the readings. Not going to feel it all the time, folks. That's why the Lord gave us hope and faith and believing. We believing that we do the process, it will move in the way that it should. Amen. Okay, let's go take a little break here. And I'll come back with a new testament with Matthew. Thank you. chapter 6 of Matthew starting on verse 25 that is why I tell you Jesus says do not worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than you are, than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today is trouble enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. And do not judge others, chapter 7, and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which we will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for, to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, Do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that, that is taught in the law of the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the high, the highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate way of life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only few ever find it. Amen. All right, let's go ahead, and uh, I'll comment real quick on this. Is my the the broad to to rewards is wide for us Christians who do it in this format. Okay and every few will find it the fact of matter is we move up what is the golden rule the golden rule is it uh i would like for my enemies to be praying for my welfare i want them to pray for my happy joyous and freedom i want my enemies to be praying for me that i be healthy happy and prosperous okay that's what I desire. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. What would I like them to do? That's what I would like to do to, to them. So in essence, that's the golden rule for me. This is the essence of all that's taught in the prophet, and the law, and the prophet. And a lot of people won't do that. They even go as far as saying, God doesn't do anything for me. God hasn't done nothing for me. What has God done? What do I need to respect God for? You know, And right here it says, the, the road to hell is broad, and its gates are wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life, okay, life, abundant life, is very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only few ever find it. You know, a lot of people drink over that. A lot of people go to hell over that. That becomes their mantra. They they say it over and over again. They get they don't go to the way They don't do that, you know, they use it as an excuse to pound down the beers and to live recklessly instead of uh, God knows that they can live honestly and justly and righteously. But the gateway to life is very narrow. So what's the gateway to life It's do to others, whatever you would like them to get on my knees and praying for others, get on my knees, asking God to bless them without them knowing. I wouldn't want my enemies to know that I'm praying for them, okay? So God tells you to do it privately. As He sees it, He will reward us openly. Effective prayer. We keep on asking for our enemies. We, we, we will receive what we ask for. We keep seeking for our enemies. And in the end, you will find we keep on knocking for our enemies and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives Everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. This exercise will produce compassion, and compassion is the key for us to receive, for the open door to receive what we're praying for, folks. It is easy and plain as can be. And if you parents, if you children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So, if your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Again, we find the key, folks, that if we have enemies, that is a treasure for us. Our enemies, and turning our enemies that we have compassion for them, is what humbleness, humble us, it opens the door from the inside. And then we get the golden rule, folks. We get rewarded. Whatever you would like them to do to you, have them do to you, prayer. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And that's how we keep our singleness of purpose with God. We keep our eye on God. We become righteous people because there's we you know <clears throat> we have gone and ran everything through the Father and He is the ultimate judge and his decisions and his judgments are in ours because we're in right standing with him. We are called righteous people. Don't waste what is holy on people who are ungodly. Don't try to explain and try to get people convinced without praying for them. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. Don't don't throw your visions, your your desires and everything, your dreams unto pigs. Well, they will trample the pearls in front of you. If, if if I haven't done my my homework, I'm praying for the piggies, the little piglets. Then I, I don't have any business trying to explain to them anything. That's uh, <clears throat> that's not proper. And now, do not it says do not worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have. So that's what we're doing in prayer. We're getting our log out of our own eye through prayer, through praying for them. How can we think of telling any friends to get rid of their, of their drinking problem like the thing when we, can, we we have malice and things in our hearts you know even though we're not drinking hypocrite first get the, the rid of the log on your eye by praying for your enemies secretly then you will see well enough to deal with the speck because we know we're spending time with God we're spending time with the, the judgment the compassionate one that says you know we see what more valuable in life And again, there's a scripture in Matthew 6, 28, that says, Don't work for labor, but work for the food that earns us eternal life. And this is the food, folks. Praying for others is the food. Reading the Word of God and learning how to have a a system that will put bread and butter and a good life, an abundant life on the table in the house for us. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and and think look at the birds they don't plant. Are you for your heavenly father feeds them? You know, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing and the lilies and the fields? You know, now now the person's eye is darkened because they're keeping the eye they're saying I need this. They're saying, I need that. When they should be saying prayers for their enemies on their knees, you know, and then being assured in their hearts that God has heard them and have confident love throughout the day, which is a magnet to these things that people are, are trying to uh, scramble for. So don't worry about these things, saying what we will wear, saying, saying. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above ours, okay, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. What's righteously? Praying for others for their salvation. What's the kingdom of God? Is that you know you're, we are saved in the kingdom of God, and there's power to be accessed there, and having compassion for others, just like Abraham pleaded. In compassion for his nephew Lot that God won't destroy Sama and Gomorrah while he's in there. So we will learn to serve the master in heaven, and we will love him, we will be devoted to him for because we will have a light in our eyes filled with love and light in this procedure, folks. Amen. One, get an enemy, two. Lock yourself in the closet. Three, pray Psalm 23 for them. Pray that they will be happy, healthy, and prosperous. Amen. And then just do it long, strong, and hard. Pray for And then add your children. Add your relatives. Add, add the ones that are drinking. And now be quiet about it. Now go out through your day. Your, your dad, your father in heaven will reward you. And you'll start seeing glimpse of that. Now you have a system that our eye is fixed on the Lord and our, and our, the kingdom of God and the things in his righteousness. We seek his kingdom and his righteousness in that format. So be grateful for circumstances and problems. People are going through something. Let's pray for that. Man, this is pretty cool because we don't have to worry about much anymore. Okay, remember, it is easy to slip back into worrying about tomorrow, dwelling on the what-ifs and the if-onlys. Each day brings a host of things we cannot change. There will always be circumstances beyond our control. We must also face the reality of who we are, human beings confined within the slice of life we call today. It is tempting to deny the present, but escaping reality is part of the insanity of our addictive way of life, escaping reality. Jesus said, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And Fernando says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for today will bring enough resources for today. And tomorrow will have enough resources or tomorrow if you pray in the way that I tell you that's the promise that's my experience folks you know when God brings you an enemy is because you're not doing uh Matthew 6:33. seek you first the kingdom of God to pray for others and his righteousness which is compassion for others and then all these things will be added unto you we were always wondering why those prayers don't work why is the our father doesn't work well, we have, we have calluses in our hearts and we, we're going to grieve. We're going to clean the house first and stop being hypocrites by praying in that format and cleaning our own house. Then we will be able to welcome someone and sit down and teach them what we know we wouldn't be a hypocrite. Our houses are clean. Some of us may have to pray for years, you know, months. Let's, you know, the, let's get to it. You have the Holy Spirit in you. The love of God is not going away. He constantly talks to you, tells you he loves you. Now you haphazardly came into this podcast and you're to the system. So write the system down on your wall. Put it all over your thing and say, you know, the supply prayer will come if we should have it. It will surely come to relieve our neighbors from agony and despair we have a system folks in jesus name amen the prophet jeremiah said the faithful love of the lord never ends his mercies never cease great is his faithfulness his mercy begins afresh each morning since god's grace comes in daily doses that's the best way to face life we need to ask ourselves at every turn in life Am I accepting this present moment, or am I pretending, trying to escape into the past or the future? Each day there is something to find joy in, and there is strength promised for the troubles of the day. The psalmist wrote, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We too can choose to find joy, strength, and sanity when we accept each day's realities amen living one day at a time is a discipline well we all have to focus on when we are in recovery living one day at a time is when we we have our prayer time and praying for other success and i would keep a journal keep a journal keep it going anyway the lord bless you guys thank you so much for coming in reading today's commentary of matthew 6 Uh, Most of it is from the Recovery Bible, and then most of it is from me. Uh, Another area that I didn't touch is judge not, and you will be judged. And the the New Living Testament has something to say about that. Pronouncing judgment is not foreign to New Testament teaching. Jesus cautioned against false prophets, and Paul taught that we should exercise church discipline. And trust God to be the final judge. But Jesus' warning, do not judge others, is against the attitude that tears others down in order to build oneself up. Okay, that's good. Jesus tells us to examine our own motives and conduct. Looking for hypocrisy, it is not a blanket statement to overlook wrong behavior of others, but a call to be discerning and reflective. We should apply every teaching to ourselves before we apply it to anyone else. Ezekiel 3, 10, 11. The traits in others that bother us are often the habits we see in our own lives or the habits we have conquered in our lives. Our sinful habits can be the very ones that we most want others to change. In a sense, we can tend to take the anger we feel toward ourselves and direct it to others. If you are ready to criticize someone, check your motives. Judge yourself first, hypocrite. Is that a sin you have known and struggled with? Let that experience and understanding guide you towards compassion. Then lovingly forgive and help those who are struggling too. Amen. And in prayer. Let's go in prayer. I often think about this one guy that used to work for this university and when the new students would come in uh, i don't know if he was a custodian or something but he was he was uh i kind of think it was a black man and totally dedicated and he would come and, and congratulate all the students when he had his break or his lunch hour go through the uh through the luncheon and his recess and then the holy spirit would tell him which ones to pray for and he said when he would go home that he would pray at least 8 hours for each individual that the Holy Spirit indicated which one to pray for, now that is uh, that's a good format for us to follow. The Holy Spirit will bring the person's uh, name to to our heads, and we will fight. We will our, our flesh will be uh, thinking about the person, or maybe we want to fight with the person, may want to argue with the person. That's a big indicator that we are need, we have someone to pray for, and we're going to get a reward. It's a big indicator that that's a reward of blooming if it's used properly, folks. Uh, start praying for the person, and by the third day, that person's name is going to get out of your head. You're going to done your duty, and, you, and you're going to done exactly what the Father in Heaven has done, justively, justice, and righteously. You have handled the situation properly as a child of God, sending it to heaven, running it through heaven, and because the person, the devil wants you to lash out, and God wants you to pray out. So you choose, folks. If you if it's working for you by lashing out, uh, keep at it, and if you're looking for a new way of living, go get on your knees and don't tell anybody, let's not tell anybody we're praying for them or others, and let's see God move on their behalf, and reward us, after we say the Our Father, we get our reward, folks. It's work. Jesus said, work, work for the kingdom of God, and not resources, okay? Oh yeah, the resources will come, because we're going to have fun helping others, and we're going to get paid for it. That's, that's a bonus, Amen. Okay, moving right along here. We pray for wisdom in the Psalms. In our stewardship of God's world, we pray for wisdom as stewardship in God's word. That's beautiful. We reflect on the glory in all that he has made, including ourselves. Amen. We pray for wisdom in our stewardship of God's world. How does God run the world? How does effective prayer, how do we stand righteously and right before him? We reflect on the glory. How do we access the glory of God and all that he has made, including ourselves? Amen. Psalms eight. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I looked at the night skies and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God. You crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the skies, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims, the ocean currents. O oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 through 15. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. We thank you for the blessing, assurance, Lord that if we do our work, we will reward it, Lord. We pray for our, our enemies, the people that bother us, and, and all any new people that come in the way to be added to the list, Lord. We pray ahead of them for them, Lord. Our enemies are on their way, Lord. We just thank you that you cover them with the blood of Jesus for their salvation, and we seek, Lord God, Lord, that you would bless all our family members, all the ones that are struggling, Lord, we pray for the body of Christ, the ones listening to here, Lord God, that they be restored, renewed, remade, sanctified, holy, and Father, for your righteousness and compassion to be upon their lives, Lord. Lord, thank you for making us warriors like the warriors you have in heaven. Thank you for the host, the army that's in heaven, and the army that's down here. We are your people rejoicing in the procession and parading, that we are the victorious ones, and through Christ Jesus, through your word, Lord, we pray for our enemies, we pray for the ones that are hurting, and we ask you to bless them with health, happiness, and prosperity, we pray for their lives, in Jesus' name, amen, give them heaven, family, go out there and get on your knees.